morning, Gateway. Welcome to our Sunday worship service. We're so excited to worship with you today. For this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please stand if you are able. And let's sing great in power. excited about today. I don't know about you. Please take a moment to greet those around and about you, please. I must say it's so wonderful to hear everybody talking, meeting old friends, just talking to each other, although you probably spoke to each other about 30 seconds ago. Um, 
But it's so great this morning just to hear the fellowship, to hear um, the, yeah, just an excitement in the air. Um, I had the privilege this week to be, um, to, to get out of our, the Burevos curtain and uh, to go to a <laughs> pastor's um, conference. It was leadership and just really been blessed with the Holy Spirit in a little town in KwaZulu-Natal called Freyheit. <laughs> and when I grew up as a, as a youngster, we were about 100 kilometers away in Newcastle. So it was quite nice just to go back to me old uh, playing fields because we played sport against Freyheit when we were in primary school and we played against them when I was in high school. But it was just great. It was a wonderful experience. It was awesome just to be there and to have some teaching and to receive and I just pray that this morning you can receive as I pray that you will be blessed as I have been blessed. So this morning it's great, but it's also great to be home. It's great to be in Kempton, great to be with my family. Just again, just a reminder, please, uh, we would love to have a few more children's church, church teachers. Please come and speak to me. There will be training also. Um, it's a great, exciting time uh, in our children's ministry, and I would like to once again just ask if there is anybody who is keen and interested to please come and speak to me um, after the service. And then I just want to ask Gary just to come forward. He has a special request. <laughs> Hello. Um. I just wanted to take an opportunity to invite all the guys. Um, I don't know if you know, but we have a men's discovery group just in the little counseling room over there on a Saturday morning. And I uh, just wanted to extend an invitation to any of the guys that would be interested. Um, discovery is a, a great way to study the Bible, but it's also cool to regularly meet with other guys and, and certainly from my point of view and, and having spoken to some of the guys that uh, attend, um, what's, what's neat about it is that we get to know each other at a little bit more of a, a closer level and uh, form some real relationships with people in the church. And um, I think that we come to church to be closer to God, but we also come to church to be closer to God's people. And this is an opportunity for you guys to come and study the word and uh, to have fellowship with some other guys. So invitation extended. Thanks, Wayne. Thank you, Gary. Just a reminder, the evening service has begun. And last week was wow. So please join us, 6 p.m., on Sunday evenings for a time of intimacy with Christ. Also, just a reminder, the Alpha course has started. There's still room. Uh, please give your names to me if you are coming. We need them for catering purposes. And uh, as I say, I was in freight this week, but I heard there was quite an exciting conversation going on after the first discussion on who is Jesus. So please join us for more this coming week. We're a family, and I would like to say this morning, happy birthday to Jade. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you.
you have many more. <laughs> this morning as we come into worship, I had a question that God raised as I was just preparing for this morning's service in my study. And I, it's a question I need to ask each one of you. How big is your God? How big is your God? I just sense there were some people coming this morning who feel defeated and feel that even God can't get you out of this one. But I felt God was just saying, He will and He can. But you've got to ask yourself, how big is my God? How big is my God? Let's stand this morning as we come to God in worship. I just want to lead us in a call to worship, and I'd like to ask the congregation to stand as we join in in the call to worship. When I think of God's presence in the world, I am grateful. Let's say it together. Grateful for the presence of hope. Grateful for the gift of life. And when I think of God's presence in my life, I am humbled. Humbled by the gift of grace. Humbled by the invitation to begin again. And when I think of God's presence in this community of worship, I am glad. Glad to be surrounded by holy people Worshipping our holy God. Thank you all. Thank you God. Come, let us worship almighty God. Let's join us as we continue to worship God through songs. Lord, we just want to thank you and praise you that we can gather freely in your sanctuary as your body, Father God. And we believe that you have established the church to bring the good news that you died for us. You died for our sins. So let's sing a new hallelujah, church. Can you hear there's a new song ringing out from the children of freedom? Every Yeah. 
not by ourselves, but by the gift of God, Jesus, who died for our sins, who restored us from our sinful nature. So, Lord, we just want to say thank you for your grace, for your amazing grace.
your situation right now so our prayer today is that you will turn your eyes to Jesus
we just put our faith upon you and as we prepare our hearts to receive your word father we just pray that the holy spirit will work in our midst today that your word will bring life will bring transformation will convict us father god and help us to be faithful lord to you help us to cast all our burdens to you and lean only to your own understanding father god so we pray your extra blessing to our pastor wayne as he delivers your word father empower him anoint his tongue and father may we receive your word with all humility and we'll surrender our lives to you oh god for this we pray in jesus name amen thank you worship team let's remain in an attitude of prayer let us pray Almighty and Heavenly Father, we come into your glorious presence right now. Oh Lord, we indeed thank you for the powerful song that we sang, or two, one that teaches us of, of the fact that you call us to turn our eyes upon Jesus. But yet, Lord, there are times that we allow the things of this world, that we allow life to come in the way. Lord, that, that we sin, that we become overwhelmed by all the things that happen in the world. But yet, Lord... As we come into your presence this morning, we also know that, that there is amazing grace. Lord, that, that there is forgiveness in Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so, Lord, this morning in Jesus' name, we pray that you will forgive us for all sin that we have committed in word, deed, and thought. Oh Lord, we pray that, that the precious blood of Christ will cleanse us and that the blood of Christ will make us whole. Oh Lord, we thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you, Lord, that you forgive us we thank you, Lord, that you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you are a good God and that all you want for us is the very, very best. And so, Lord, we just thank you that you are a God of grace, mercy, and an unconditional love that we will never really understand. And, Lord, I just pray this morning, I just sense that there are Many here this morning who have doubts, who have fears, Lord, who are broken, 
Lord, who are hurting. Those, Lord, who just have guilt and feel that they could be a better person. Oh, Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that through the power and grace of your Holy Spirit that you will just touch each one of them this morning. That you will let them know that you love each one of them. That there no longer needs to be guilt because Jesus has paid the price. Lord, let them know that you will mend their hearts, that you will mend their brokenness. Lord, that for those who are feeling lonely, that they will know that you are their companion and friend. I pray, Lord, for those who just need a real powerful touch of your Holy Spirit right now, Lord. May you fill them, Lord, to to a knowledge that you are with them and that you'll never leave them nor forsake them. May they experience your peace, Lord, your shalom. That peace, Lord, that, that transcends all human understanding and guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, Father, fill us now as we come to the reading and preaching of your word. Lord, grant us wisdom and guide us as we listen from you and to you. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Just before I read our word this morning, just uh, just to let you know that we haven't forgotten the 5M orientation course. It just isn't starting today due to some circumstances. We are moving it to the 25th of February. So for those who would love to come and know a little bit more about Gateway and just know how we operate, what we do, why we do what we do. Uh, we start on the 25th of February. Please give your names to me or to Karina at the office if you would love to be part of that. This morning we go on with our series, Ready to Unlock the Kingdom of God or Unlocking the Kingdom of God. And this morning, please join me as I read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 1 to 9. Matthew, chapter 18, and uh, reading from verses 1 to 9. Come, let us hear the word of God. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of God? Or the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children... You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble... It would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. 
Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. May God bless to us reading of His Word. In the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace Davidson took her four-year-old granddaughter to big church for the first time. She sat quietly taking in every aspect of the service and her attentive curiosity stayed in check until the pastoral prayer. The pastor said, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. (laughs) The little girl's eyes flew open and she whispered to her grandmother, Granny, we're going to get presents. <laughs> a little boy was asked to pray for dinner. Before he bowed his head to pray, he looked at the dish. Then, he, then closing his eyes, he prayed, Lord, I don't like the looks of it, but I'll thank you and eat it anyway. A pastor in California was giving an invitation at the end of his Sunday morning message when a five-year-old boy, sensing the invitation of the Holy Spirit, came down the aisle. Not knowing if the boy was old enough to understand salvation, the pastor took him to his office and began to ask him some theological questions. The more he questioned, the more confused the boy became. Finally, in annoyance, the little fellow stopped and innocently pleaded, Pastor Patterson, in your message this morning, you said that if I would come and ask Jesus to save me, he would. We have made a great error in the church when we allowed a clergyman in the 15th century, to coin the phrase, children are seen and not heard. This phrase was cemented by the Victorian period and still poisons the church today. This phrase has had a disastrous impact on the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven and the church of the 21st century. By my own calculation, no more than 2 to 5% of teenagers or children that have come through our church, if not less, remain in the church after, after they have been confirmed. It has been my experience that I remember in 19... 87, when I was confirmed, 
I can tell you right now that out of a class of 20 of us, out of a class of 20 of us, there are probably four of us who are committed to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Four out of 20. And it happens with all the churches, Methodist, Anglican, Congregational, and even probably in some of the Pentecostal churches. I have seen the churches are full with children. But then a few years later, you don't see them at all. The reason that so many children leave the church is that they never felt welcome in the church. They never felt welcome in the church. They are told children are seen but not heard. Nonetheless, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior says at about the same time, let me read it. It comes from the message. This is a different translation. At about the same time, the disciples came to Jesus asking, who gets the highest rank in God's kingdom? Here are these men of God who spend time with God, who listen to Jesus, who see his humility. But they are interested because Jesus has said, at some point I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to be resurrected, and I won't be here with you any longer. They are so selfish that they're thinking, okay, when Jesus goes, who's going to be the new leader of this group? That's what the world's like, isn't it? It's about trying to be the top one of the ladder, and we try and kick everybody else down. I mean, I can't understand it. They've been with him for three years. <laughs> three years. But we also make the same mistake. But he says, who gets the highest, they say, who gets the highest rank in God's kingdom? For an answer, Jesus called over a child whom he stood in the middle of the room and said, I'm telling you once and for all that unless you return to square one and start over like children, you, you're not even going to get a look at the kingdom, let alone get in. Whoever becomes simple and elemental again like this child will rank high in God's kingdom. What's more, when you receive the child like on my account, it's the same as receiving me. I have a vision for Gateway. I have a vision for this congregation. Not only that we grow the congregation young, that's what caught me when I came for my interview and looked at the prospectus and it says that the congregation would like to grow this church young. That grabbed me. But it is my vision that in 2024 that we build a mother's room, a cry room, but I actually like to call it a treasure room. Over there, or over there, I'm not too sure where we, where we want it, but I believe we need to build the treasure room in the sanctuary of this church. I earnestly believe that the children, infants and toddlers, children, need 
to be part of our worship experience of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we separate babies and infants from our worship service and send them across to the cry room or baby creche or the audio-visual room, we give them a very subtle message. We probably don't even realize that we're giving them that message, but we are giving them this message. You're not needed. You're not wanted. This week when I was in freight, our guest speaker was Alexander Fenter. A lot of people knew him as Bushy Fenter. He was a pastor for a vineyard. He built a rather planted churches in Janisburg. One of his biggest works was that he, in the, in the 80s, in the middle of apartheid, he, he planted a church in Soweto. <laughs> and he says that he found out at some point in his life that his mother didn't want him. She tried everything to to get rid of this fetus in her body. And, and as he was growing up and as he was growing in the Lord, there was always um, this need in him. I think he said it was somewhere in the mid-80s. But there was always this need in him to, to get people's approval. He wanted to be liked by people. And he eventually discovered it all came down to this fact that his mother wanted to kill him <laughs> when he was a fetus. And so many times... We may think we're doing the right thing. I mean, children are seen but not heard because that's the way we grew up in the church. That's the way things happened. But my friends, this is the 21st century. We are no longer in the 15th century. We no longer live in the Victorian age. Okay, I've got a 22-year-old and an 18-year-old. I don't have grandchildren. But for you who have children, for you who, who may have grandchildren, where do you want to see them one day? Do you want to see them in the fiery fires of hell? Or do you want them to be with you in heaven one day? I want us to remember that when Jesus was teaching, I'm thinking especially when Jesus was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, when he was teaching in the courtyard of the temple, when, when he was teaching in the homes of various people, or in the, when he was teaching on the, on the shores of Lake Galilee. Do you remember uh, they brought out uh, uh, Peter's speedboat? No, no, they didn't have things like that. But <laughs> they brought out the boat and he put it on the shore, and he was teaching the people. And I, the Lord just gave me this insight a few years back. You know what was happening? The children were running up around the beach there, throwing stones at each other, um, swimming in the water, or, or when he was doing his sermon on the mount. I mean, they were playing there in the felt, and they were, they were just enjoying life, these little children. But also, but also, but also as as as. As Jesus is teaching and, and all of this is happening around him, there, there are babies in the arms of their mothers. There are babies in the arms of their mothers. who, And, and the mothers were intently listening to the message of Jesus. And I can tell you that those little babies were also listening. Yeah, I said, 
babies go, look, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they may not make sense, <laughs> but they make sense to God. And I can tell you, whatever goes into this mind stays there. <laughs> and it will change their life, even as an infant. At times, yes, I'm sure that, that these children must have been a distraction. But everyone was in the presence of Jesus. And soon, they were attentive to the message of hope and salvation. The English poet, Alexander Pope, wrote, As the triggers bent, so grows the tree. As the twig is bent, so grows the tree. When new trees are planted, stakes are often put into the ground beside the tree. The stakes not those that you eat, just in case you think what a waste of good meat. But the stakes are there for a purpose. To train the tree to grow straight and tall. To grow straight and tall. Those stakes work remarkably well if they are put in the place when the tree is young. But if crooked growth has been allowed to develop for several years, they will not be effective. Rules for our children work the same way. It may be important that children learn rules, but I believe that the most important thing that we can do for our children, our grandchildren, is to bring them into a living and loving relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You can beat the rules into them, but I can tell you they will rebel at some time. Yes, I'm not saying rules are bad. Please don't get me wrong now. <laughs> but first and foremost, teach them about Jesus Christ and His wonderful love for them. Children are very important to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. His most powerful miracles were accomplished with the assistance of children. Can you imagine going on a picnic with Jesus and you forget your picnic basket behind? Can you imagine? Well, it happened with Jesus. It says there were 5,000 men, but I can tell you there were women and children there as well. So there were probably between eight to 12,000 people. And while the and while Judas was then was going, no, send these people away. They must take their own money and go and buy their own food. The next thing, one of the other disciples come there and say, well, Jesus says, well, tell me a story. And he says, well, um, we went, as he told us, to look for food amongst the people. But, um, well, we couldn't really find something. We did find this little boy, and he has five loaves and two fishes. Well, Jesus says, bring it. <laughs> Now, can you imagine what Jesus does? I can just imagine what he does. I love imagination because it helps you to understand the Bible as well. But what I love is he's got five loaves and two fishes. So you've got the 12 disciples. So he says, okay, Matthew, here's half a bread for you. And Matthew's probably going. And Jesus says, go now and 
Because remember, he told them to get into groups, the people into groups. And he says to, to Matthew, okay, go to your group, Matthew. And Matthew's standing there, and he sees this loaf. And he says, oh, before you go, here's a piece of fish. And he says to him, okay, now go and share this with the people. And I can show you Matthew was going, whoa. <laughs> and then he comes there to the people, and he starts breaking off. And it says there were 12 baskets that were overloaded with leftovers. There must have been a Presbyterian in there because every time I go to a Presbyterian function, there's always more than enough food. (laughs) But can you imagine? This little lighty. I mean, I don't really know how old he was, but it says a boy. And yet God used his gift. All he had were five loaves and two fishes, and God did an amazing miracle. I mean, just imagine it. There's a little girl. She's dying, and her father's this is this priest at the at the temple, Jarius, and he comes to Jesus and says, "My daughter is dying. Please." And Jesus is on his way there. I mean, uh, on the way there, and there's this woman, and and she's dirty because she's been bleeding for twelve years. I mean, in the Torah, it says that if if a woman is bleeding, she should be separated. She must be thrown out of the city until she heals. He has this woman and she breaks through the, the springbok front row and she comes and she touches the hem of Jesus' shirt as Jesus is walking to go, go and see this little girl and, 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 and the woman is healed. And just before they get to the, to the little girl's house, um, the, the, the priest is told, don't worry, don't come. Don't worry, don't worry the rabbi, your daughter's dead. And Jesus can already see there's havoc going on because there's this rented crowd, mourners there. And Jesus says, no. And he goes inside and he says, um, he says, little girl, wake up. Talitha kum. Talitha kum. Little girl, wake up. She wakes up. A little girl. Wim. I could work in the Bible. I also found in the Bible that God can use old people. I mean, yes, Peter, his mother-in-law is as sick as a dog. I mean, as sick. Sick, sick, sick. She's got a fever. Peter's worried about her. It's his mother-in-law. You've got to look after your mother-in-laws, guys. And, and <laughs> it's one of his first miracles. And Jesus prays for, he prays for her and she's healed. Boom. And she's so filled with the energy of Jesus that she actually made them a lack of, made lack of food. Made lack of meal. <laughs> what am I trying to say this morning? Never underestimate what a child can do in our church. Never underestimate what the old people can do in our church. You know, we have a vision here at, at Gateway. That, that, the, that, that the older folk will be a mentor to the younger folk. Yeah. That we will mentor our children. That we will mentor our youth. And I would like to mentor them from this age. Not just when they become teenagers. This world in which we're living is changing so quickly, folks. Changing quickly. Things that you and I took, took for granted 20, 30, 40 years ago, we are told that they 
are of no use today. Well, Jesus is still of great use to me. (laughs) And then, in the passage I have shared with you this morning, when these huge fishermen and tax collectors and and disciples of Jesus were arguing, arguing about who is the greatest in the kingdom. What does Jesus do? He takes a little boy, a little child, it says. And he shows them and he tells them in Matthew 18, verse 2. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. You see, when, they, when that child was standing among them, he was saying, you need to become childlike. Indeed, we come before God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with a childlike faith. We come admitting that we have nothing to give God, but that we depend fully and completely on His unmerited favor. Amazing grace. His amazing unmerited favor. We open the empty hand of faith to receive God's promised blessings and we do not merit our heavenly citizenship. Jesus uses the example of a child to illustrate this. Consequently, the third key to unlocking the kingdom of God in our lives is to become childlike. As Kathy Baker comments, a childlike faith seeks knowledge because it's keenly aware of the need for God's wisdom and discernment. In Ephesians 4 verse 14, it explains that such a faith is resilient, not naive, nor easy prey to cunning and crafty people. As children of God, we keep a child's spiritual perspective Loving, trusting, and depending on God while walking wisely and firmly rooted in our child-like faith. A little boy in church for the first time watched as the ushers passed around the offering plates When they came near his pew, the boy said loudly, Don't pay for me, Daddy. I'm under five. (laughs) Finally, the Bible never exhorts us to have childlike faith, at least in not so many words. In Matthew 18, verse 2, Jesus says that we must become as little children. In order to enter the kingdom of God, the context of Jesus' statement is the disciples' question. Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? In response, Jesus called a child to him and placed the child among them, and he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever 
takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Therefore, I encourage you to unlock the third key to the kingdom of God and become childlike. And then when I was in Freyhet, there was a signage that said, um, children are seen, but please don't hurt them because children have been being run over there. <laughs> but I would like to say, yes, children should be seen and heard. Children should be seen and heard. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, as we come into your presence this morning, we thank you for your message to us this morning. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us of two things. Thank you for reminding us of how important children are in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, for, for all the wonderful children that we are blessed with in our congregation. And thank you for, for this opportunity to treasure them and to bring them up into a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And thank you, Lord, too, that you remind us to unlock the kingdom of God, Lord, that we need to use that key of becoming childlike. Lord, that we need to put our full dependence on you Lord, that we need to humble ourselves. Lord, that we need to know that it is not about us, but about you. And so, Lord, this morning, enable each one of us to, to have a childlike faith. Enable us, Lord, not to allow ourselves to become like this world, which is so greedy for power that we are willing to, to hurt even those that we love. And so, Lord, this morning, may we humble ourselves before you, and Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will come upon us. And Lord, that each one of us will just put all our hope, all our love into Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so Lord, may you come upon us this morning. Lord, through the power and grace of the Holy Spirit, may you fill us to overflowing this morning. And may we just be very conscious of your presence and your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to ask the worship team to come and just play behind uh, or just softly behind us the next song that we're going to sing. But while they're doing that, I would like to ask the elder on duty and those who will be assisting him to do the offering, to collect the offering.
If you're under five, you can contribute. gifts. Dear Lord, our Father, we come to you again this time of the day. We come, Lord, to give you all thanks. We come, Lord, to bring back what you have given us during the course of the week. Father, I want to thank, I want to ask you for your blessing to bless all these that have come from your children and multiply it as we use it for the progression of your your word, the growth of your church, and the growth of the surrounding environment. Let us use these gifts to give it to, to those who, who require the need as you see it. Thank you, Lord, again for what you have done to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Just a reminder that after the service, if you would like some ministry, that myself and the elders will be available to, to pray with you. Thank you, worship team. Please stand as we sing our closing song. One day when we all get to heaven, make sure you're there. <laughs> Oh 
God, we just thank you for this awesome privilege to worship this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom we have in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the empowerment we have through the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just pray that as we go into this new week, Father, we pray that you will guide and bless us. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us and see you next Sunday. Have a blessed week, everyone. When all I see is a battle, you see my victory. a mountain you see a mountain and as I walk through the shadow your love surrounds me there's nothing to fear now for I am safe with you so when I Your feet, I'll sing through the night. Oh God, 